The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we wrap up some bits and bobs from our October trips and discuss some of the new things we tried and finally share what happened at Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special shout out and thank you to Acrossland, Dittermind, and T-Craft Rider for your recent reviews on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by checking us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips to Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we have been doing episodes based on our recent trips to Disney World in October, but we realized that we had some kind of miscellaneous tips and tricks or things that we noticed or experienced that kind of don't fit into their own episode. So we thought we'd throw them all into this episode, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a kind of a hodgepodge of what new things we experienced at Disney World and uh, what we thought of them. Also, a couple of listeners emailed in some tips, so we're going to throw some of those in as well as they are relevant. Let's get started with the big one. If you listen to our Tomorrowland guide at Disney World's Magic Kingdom, that was episode 57. Leslie and I both talked about how we had never experienced Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, the attraction. We have never received so much feedback on a single comment that we have made ever. And many, many people uh, either emailed us or connected with us. Lots of people told us we had to check out Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So Leslie and I went. Leslie, what was your impression of Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor? And what is Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor uh, for those who have not listened to episode 57? Yes. So it's a show in Tomorrowland where big screen and it's a little bit different each time they interact with the audiences. They pick people and from the audience to sort of interview and ask questions and then make fun of, make, make the butt of the jokes. And so, you know, I have to say I was very skeptical, like we mentioned on our episode, but I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I had like real laughs, like not fake ones. Um, there were the, some of the jokes were great, you know, but, but there was definitely a highlight to, to the show. <laughs> okay. So we went into the show and it's like the same technology as like Turtle Talk with Crush, where there's obviously someone controlling the talking of the monsters. They're on the screen and they're images but the mouths move along with the person that's talking and the person is obviously talking live because they're interacting with people in the audience so i knew this because i had visited the night before during the halloween party so i knew what monsters inc laugh floor was about i actually thought it was going to be people in costumes so i was a little surprised when it was on a screen um and so you know we sat down and i was with leslie and we were with another friend and i was like all right I hope uh, none of us gets called as you would, because, you know, I don't like getting called out. You know, I don't like these gimmicks types of things. We sat down, we went through the whole show. It's about 15 minutes. Uh, We were like 14 minutes in and the Monster Inc. Laugh Floor people 
I can't even remember which monster it was, was interviewing some kid. And I was like, ah, uh, we're good. There's like hundreds of people in here. What are the odds that they're going to call me? Well, dear listener, turns out the odds are pretty great because what they did was they took this kid who admittedly did look a little bit like me. And they said, do you want to see your future? And they started flashing between this kid's face and my face. And just kept going back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth between me and this kid. We were wearing the same exact glasses. And so I was totally embarrassed. Leslie was just rolling on the floor laughing at me. Pretty much I'm never going to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor ever again because they humiliated me in front of uh, hundreds of strangers. I know. I think you got off really easy, Joe, because at least you didn't have to talk. Like everybody else who got on the screen had to like say something and be interviewed and you just had to have your face on the screen. So you you got off easy. But like I, I was rolling on the floor, like the person who least like like least wanted to be picked, even of the three of us. Right. Was the one who got picked. <laughs> so like it they was, smelled my fear. They smelled, <laughs> they they totally smelled did. my blood in the water. They and, totally uh, did. I, I'm kind of wondering whether like somebody who listens to this podcast, like who had a cast member friend, like tip, tipped them off. Like, Hey, Joe's coming, like be on the lookout for this guy. Embarrass him. Uh, if that's the case and that was you, please unsubscribe right now. Thank you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Anyway, it was pretty funny. Uh, it was all in good fun. Um, but yes, if you do not like your face to be up on the screen, bear that in mind as you are going uh, to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Yeah, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor was good. I do, I hate to admit this, but I think I will take my kids there because I think, you know, they're getting to the age where that's the kind of jokes and humor that they'll like. So, you know, I think your daughter might really like that as well and really your son too. Oh yeah, I think mine would totally enjoy it, and I, I'm sure yours would, especially if you're the butt of the joke. Uh, let's not let's not bring that up again. All right, so let's uh, move on before uh, I, uh, you know, die of embarrassment. embarrassment. Yes, jinx. So we also checked out Skipper Canteen. Speaking of gimmicks, which is Leslie's favorite restaurant in Magic Kingdom, as you've heard her say many times. We went in there. It was a the food was great, um, and our interaction with the server was great. I would say that she was not as corny or embarrassing as I'd expected, which I kind of liked, but I don't know, Leslie, maybe it was not enough ham for you. No, I thought she was pretty solid. Uh, I just have had better. The guy who seated us when we first got there, I think was fully all in on the ridiculous, punny, corny jokes, but um, she was, she was solid, but she, you know, she knew when to pull back and she knew we were like, you know, three moderately grown up adults <laughs> having, having a lunch. So it wasn't like too over the top, but um, yeah, no, I, and the food was, this was the first time I had the taste like chicken because it is. And I thought it was, was quite good. Um, you know, something a little bit more exotic than you would normally get at Disney, but like not so weird that like palates would be turned off from it. Yeah, no, I thought the food was great. You know, I think it was really well done. The whole entire restaurant itself is incredibly themed. They're really good about doing the corny jokes. And I thought, uh, you know, one great thing was it wasn't like super crowded. It wasn't so, it wasn't like dead. So I'm not worried about them closing it. Hopefully not. But we didn't have that much trouble getting a table. I mean, we did have a reservation, but it seemed like people could uh, walk up and get tables as well. And, you know, it's not one of those situations where you have a reservation, you check in and you have to wait like 20 minutes. So I really appreciated that. Solid experience at a Skipper Canteen. Moving on to other food experiences, I did check out Pecos Bills because that's one of the quick services I had never been to. Um, we talked about this in our Frontierland episode. I did go check out the Fixins Bar. There is indeed no guacamole, but there is a lot of stuff that you can dump onto your tacos or your burritos or your nachos. Um, the uh, fluorescent lighting of the Fixins Bar, uh, the toppings bar, does not make it look 
like the most appetizing thing that I've ever seen. You know, we're talking kind of scissor levels of cleanliness, although I'm sure it's quite clean because it is Disney World. But I did uh, take a lot of toppings from that bar and I was happy. Also, at Pecos Bills, I use mobile ordering, which I think that's something you want to talk about, Leslie. Yeah. One thing I noticed, I mean, just coming from the Disneyland background that I uh, that I have, people are using mobile ordering much less at Disney World. I mean, people have, I guess the locals have really taken to it at Disneyland and everybody kind of knows about it. But it seemed like so many people at Disney World that I noticed were just waiting in long counter lines for absolutely no reason. And I noticed this myself on a Halloween party night when I wanted to grab something at Cosmic Rays. We walked in and the line was like, you know, eight people deep and I opened my app. I placed my mobile order within 30 seconds and I had my food, you know, two minutes later while the people were still standing in line to like talk to a cashier. So this is just something really, it's so easy to do, you know, make sure you have your credit card linked in your, my Disney experience app. And it really, I mean, everything's there. You can customize all the toppings that you want on a burger or anything, you know, anything like that. You you can special order things, even a mobile order. I think a lot of people or maybe hesitant to use it because they're like, oh, well, I want something unique on my food order. But yeah, I hope there are more people who convert to that because there's no reason to wait in line, especially if you got like a cranky kid, get them fed. And speaking of the special orders, like all the allergy menus are on the mobile ordering app as well. If you or your kid has an allergy, you don't have to worry about that either. And, you know, it'll tell you kind of what allergies you have to worry about or like They'll say this one's dairy free, this one's gluten free, et cetera, et cetera. So it's great. The only drawback of mobile ordering is you can't like apply your annual pass discount or pay with a Disney gift card. But for like the one or two dollars savings, like I'll get in front of the line every single time and use mobile ordering. So make sure you use that. I just had a friend who was down there this past week and I'd been texting them all week and I'd forgotten to tell them about mobile ordering. And they use that ABC commissary and they're like, mobile ordering is amazing. And it is amazing. So uh, everyone should be using it. You don't even have to download a separate app. It's on your My Disney Experience app. Closing things out at Magic Kingdom and our experiences there. I did want to discuss randomly. So while Leslie was going on rides because she is a better Disney Deciphered co-host than I am, she was living the Force March of Happiness while I was chickening out. Um, I made an excuse and said I had to go, quote unquote, buy some toys for my kids. So I went to Main Street, Um, but it ended up working out because when I got to Main Street, I actually went twice. I I think I dodged going on rides twice. (laughs) Wimp. Yep. Guilty. Guilty. So I went to Main Street twice. The first time I went, the Dabber Dans were performing with the fireman who is one of the citizens of Main Street and one of the sisters. Um, So they were all singing together, the six of them. That was really awesome. And then the second time I went to Main Street, I actually ran into the trolley. um, I can't remember the exact name for it, but it's like kind of like a trolley dance. So there are dancers in kind of old timey outfits dancing on and off the trolley. So as the trolley's moving, they're jumping off, jumping on, and then the trolley stops and then they do a dance number um, right in front of the Emporium on that trolley. And it was really awesome. You know, I sat there and watched that the whole time and ended up not getting to go shopping because I was watching it. And I was just thinking the whole time that this is something my kids would love. It's one of those things where it's there to prevent people from getting to the rides faster to cut down those lines. But it's also there for people who don't love going on rides um, and just want to kind of experience the magic of Disney World. And that was really the magic of Disney World at its best effect there on Main Street. So I was really glad I got to see that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm always jealous when I don't get to see the Dapper Dans because I love them. And and th- that's a great thing to do, too, when the ride lines get too long and, you know, Fast Pass Refresh isn't working for you and you can't you, you don't want to stand in a long line. This is when to go see these kind of things, the street atmosphere that Disney World has, because it will keep your kids busy. Yeah. And talking to my friends who were down there, you know, their daughter wasn't super into the rides and they were with grandparents. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, the difference between going to Disney World and any other theme park is even if you're not experiencing the attractions, there's so much else to do and you can still enjoy it and get your money's worth. So I was really happy to check out that Main Street show. All right. So let's move to Epcot really quickly. Um, So in a, another episode, we have covered just all the changes that are going on at Epcot. But in case you haven't listened to that, we thought it would be good to just touch upon the Epcot experience. So very briefly, Leslie, what is the Epcot experience? So the Epcot Experience is a little pavilion they have set up, sort of headed towards the Mexico Pavilion between Future World and World Showcase. And it just shows everything that's coming to Epcot. There's a big map. There's a circle vision projection that that got us totally excited about Epcot. But yeah, it's definitely worth seeing just to sort of see the vision that's coming, to see the attractions that are coming, and uh, gives you something else to do with so many things being closed in Epcot. Yeah, so I definitely would recommend uh, checking that out. And for more thoughts on that, check out our upcoming Epcot Under Construction episode. Moving on from Epcot, you got to experience the new rooms at the Yacht Club. And I know we've done a Beach and Yacht Club review in episode 46, so we're not going to go through the whole hotel. But, you know, you want to tell me a little bit about your experience with those rooms? Yeah, so I had stayed in the renovated rooms at the Beach Club. So this is my first time staying in the Yacht Club since those rooms had been renovated. And they I, I had been told that they were superior at Yacht over Beach. And I totally, totally agree. I was very impressed with the theming, with the layout. The, these are great fits for families. I happen to have a, had a, a king bedroom that had a pull-out sofa. But and there are plenty of you know two queen rooms as well for, for families that layout may work better. There is a sliding door closing off the entire bathroom, the sinks, as well as the, the shower and, and toilet area, which I think is important for families who need that separation. It was a shower, which is always, that seems to be what Disney's doing in a lot of these room, room innovations. And that may or may not work with like a toddler. But other than that, the room layout was just great. The um, theming was very nautical, but like subtle and still luxurious. Like the old theming was super like 90s-esque. And yeah, I just, I was very impressed by the room. And I I do love the location of Beach and Yacht Club just more generally. I love being at World Showcase. And I do think that probably the prices of these rooms will be ticking up now that the Skyliner is there and it's just really a hub of activity. But when the prices are right, like that's the place to stay. You know, Yacht Club, my top pick. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to ask this for Christy of the DCL podcast because I know it's really important to her. Individual toiletries or the pumps? individual toiletries and like more than I've ever, ever seen in a Disney hotel, like obscure toiletries. Like I had a a sunscreen and I had, I mean, I'll I'll have to find the picture and we'll put it in the blog post like that goes along with this episode. But I was super impressed. Like I I wanted to take all the toiletries home and like they were not going to fit in my quart size Ziploc bag. Well, she'll be very happy to hear that. Probably what happened is since they've moved to the pumps in so many resorts, they have all these leftovers. So they're just dumping them all into your yacht club room. Fair enough. I just didn't get to take advantage. So somebody who who doesn't have a carry-on should. Indeed. So while we are kind of updating uh, our impressions of old hotels that we've covered before, I did want to talk about Port Orleans French Quarter, which we discussed in episode 34. Listener Melanie M. 
emailed us in and she had a great thought. So I'll just uh, share it with you here. She said, so the French quarter is my favorite resort on Disney property. I think one thing I love about it that you didn't mention is that even though the resort is small, it still has its own bus system. So you're rarely ever waiting in a giant line for a bus to go back to the hotel and you don't share buses with other resorts. And yeah, I've experienced that when I was staying at Riverside. I think I said this on that episode way back when I took the bus to French Quarter back and then just walked to Riverside because French Quarter and Riverside have separate buses. And because they're just single resorts, they're not that huge. The lines aren't that crazy. So thanks for writing in, Melanie. Really appreciate that. All right. So let's uh, talk about some of our Animal Kingdom impressions. Uh, I just have a short one that I want to start with, which is that they're right outside Expedition Everest. I saw this line forming and people kept walking out of that line with soft serve ice cream in a waffle cone. I'm pretty sure it's permanently there. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but it looks like a temporary booth. Anyway, I stood in line just for a couple of minutes for that soft serve ice cream and the waffle cone, and it was excellent. So if you like soft serve ice cream, if you like waffle cones, if you're waiting for someone who's riding Expedition Everest, check out that ice cream. Not a huge tip, but had to put that out there. What flavors were available? I have to ask. Is it just vanilla or? No, it was vanilla chocolate. I think they had a mango, uh, maybe another fruit one. I don't know. But for me with soft serve, it's always a twist. You know, that's what I always go with. And that's what I went with. And I was super pleased, even though I had just eaten some ice cream before that. I was pretty full, but I was in Disney World. So I was going all out. I'm walking 10 miles a day. I'm going to burn it off. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I also had a little small experience in Animal Kingdom that I thought worthy of a mention. I happened to, as I was walking out of the park, catch right in front of the Tree of Life, a little show called Winged Encounters, where there are like dozens and dozens of macaws that fly like over the tree and there's some trainers there. And I mean, it's something that only takes like, gosh, five or 10 minutes tops, but it was a really great little show and everybody was just gasping and and sort of wonder seeing these beautiful colored birds flying. You know, that's one thing I sort of, it made, it reminded me as I was like leaving Animal Kingdom thinking like, hey, there are not enough rides here. There's not enough to do other than Pandora and Expedition Everest. It reminded me that's not what Animal Kingdom is about. Animal Kingdom is about so much more and like seeing the animals and doing these little experiences that you wouldn't necessarily be doing in other parks. So it was, uh, you know, just a little, a little gut check for Leslie, who um, sometimes focuses too much on the rides uh, to enjoy the the atmosphere a lot more, because I certainly did. Yeah. And I had planned to check out Maharaja Jungle Trek and also actually head out to um, Rafiki's Planet Watch, but it was like pouring. So um, I kind of called it a day early at Animal Kingdom. I hear good things about those things, especially I think kids really enjoy those kinds of treks. So I'll be sure to check that out next time. I did check out some of the shows at Animal Kingdom that I haven't seen in the past, but uh, we'll cover that in another episode. But I totally agree with you, Leslie. Uh, you know, there's a lot to do, kind of just experience at Animal Kingdom. Not a zoo, though. Not a zoo. All right. So let's close this, things out with one of the most expensive experiences you had at Animal Kingdom. And that was you got to eat at the signature dining restaurant, Tiffin's, out by the entrance to Pandora. So how was Tiffin's? Tiffin's was lovely and the food was delicious. I mean, this is much more exotic and adventurous than most restaurants at Disney World and may, I mean, I'm a little bit of a picky eater. I certainly found things that I like, but there were certain, certainly some things in the menu that were perhaps even more too adventurous for me. The restaurant was was indeed pretty pricey. I ate there with a friend, um, with another blogger. We'll give her a shout out, uh, Jody from Family Travel Magazine, another Bostonian like you. 
she and I both just really enjoyed it. I, I got two dishes. I got shrimp and grits in my true Southern fashion. I couldn't pass that up. And I also got uh, the lobster mac and cheese because lobster and mac and cheese. And both were really, really good. Couldn't eat both of them. And one was like an appetizer and one was an entree. And we also got the bread basket. So it's just really... I mean, flavorful, it's a lot of different sort of African inspired flavors, but it's broader than that. And the atmosphere was great. We were actually able to move up our reservation. We had a dining reservation and we're done early and, and we were in that area and we're able to sort of do the dining version of fast, fast, refresh, you know, modify our dining reservation and move it up. So there is availability there. I think just because the price is, is so expensive, it is not a place I would take children, but this is a place that you should go on a date night or an adults only trip. Or, I mean, I guess if you have like adventurous teen eaters that they would enjoy it. Was it like pretty quiet in there in terms of ambiance? Like what was the atmosphere like? Yeah, it was quite quieter. I mean, it wasn't like, there's some restaurants that feel like stuffy, you know, it didn't feel that way. It felt warm. And our server was was very kind and, and friendly. And we were talking fast pass tips and things like that. Uh, the decor was definitely worth checking out. And the the little the signature thing that they do at the end when they bring you your check, they bring you a sketch by Imagineer Joe Rody, um, a little postcard sketch. And uh, so that was really, really neat to get as well. That sounds great. I think people were worried that it was going to get super crowded when Pandora opened, but I think the prices have kind of driven people away. But that's good to know um, for date nights and things like that. One last tip from listener Michael T. This is food and wine specific, so you'll probably have to put it into effect next year. But there is an app called Festival of Food, which he heard about on the Disney Dish podcast with Len Testa. And he said the app is really good for kind of figuring out what is where and uh, to really plan out your trip uh, if you're doing food and wine. So wanted to put that out there. All right. So that kind of covers all the the mishmash of stuff that we experienced on our trip. Hopefully that helps some of you. If you ever have um, random tips or tricks that you want to share with us, please email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Disney Deciphered. Before we get out of here, we want to end with a Disney do or don't. So I'm going to set it up and Leslie, you can say the actual do or don't no cast member like completely stood out to me on this last trip however they were all uniformly excellent like i had such great experiences with cast members they were doing such a good job it's just no one like kind of really like stood out to me because i really wanted to do this disney do and what is that leslie well i have a feeling that you wanted to do a cast compliment joe uh, that's where you can do a tweet to at w, WDW guest service with the hashtag cast compliment and give somebody a shout out who was extra good. You know what? We should have done our jungle cruise skipper. He was pretty solid. We, 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 <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're we right. should have he done him. Really he was good. He was one of the better ones I've had in, in quite a few years. So, but yeah, if you do get exceptional service somewhere in your Disney vacation, definitely worth doing that. And, making somebody's day and you know i don't know if bonuses are attached to that or what but uh you know spread the love yeah i mean oftentimes you'll get a reply tweet and they will like take a picture with a cast member and send it back to you so you know i think it's just a really great thing and just kind of really adds to the positive energy uh, of your vacation all right so uh that about covers it thanks so much for listening everyone we will talk to you next week and leslie i will see you back at the jungle cruise we got to go find that skipper get his name and give him a cast compliment thanks joe Bye.